If we never experience the chill of dark winter, it is unlikely that we will ever cherish the warmth of a bright summer's day. Nothing stimulates our appetite for the simple joys of life more than the starvation caused by sadness or desperation. Anton Saint-Martin. The Dragon Pod from Bending Not Breaking. Book five, Ocean, chapter nine. Fantis Sanguine. Welcome back to another episode of the Dragon Pod. This is Ben Pruitt, your host, and you all made it to episode nine, the end of the season. I will go ahead and give you a little inside detail that this is actually the first episode we're recording of the season which is fun but i'm pretending like it's the last um and so i'm excited to talk about the 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 ultimate episode this is so intense and i have a very special guest to help unpack this episode with uh you will have heard their voice elsewhere i promise you uh and so let me introduce you a returning guest Raquel Belmonte uses she, her pronouns, a phenomenal returning guest to our show, a voice actor, sketch comedian, improviser, a teacher, a writer, and you may know her from My Little Pony or Lego Elves or Legend of Chima, but, but you will likely know her best for her incredible performance as Claudia on the Dragon Prince, and we are thrilled to welcome you back, Raquel. How are you today? Ah, Ben, hello. Thank you so much. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Um, It's nice to be in an area with windows. I moved recently from a basement suite, so now I'm like, oh my God, there's (laughs) sunshine, there's light. I'm a person, but I'm good. It's so nice to be back. Thank you for having me. It's amazing. That's so good. Windows <laughs> are nice. Turns out. It's like turns out windows, yeah, top of the list. Didn't think so, but now, ooh, I wouldn't go back. We're more like plants than we thought we were. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> amazing. So this is an automatic upgrade moving from a windowless dungeon to a window full area that's very exciting what else is new it's been a while since we've had a conversation yeah no i i you know things are really good i'm i am uh, dating someone that's been very nice Uh, my best friend and i have 10 years fell in love so that's a very cool new thing that's been just really fun and exciting we're traveling a lot we're doing like we just went to new york just it's nice it's nice to embrace this new portion of my life uh that I've always wanted and now it's here so I love I love that things are work is fine you know teaching teaching kids you know how it is (laughs) 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 oh amazing that's so great I'm so excited and like the I'm a romance novel fiend so this I do this I'm just loving the trope of friends to lovers this is very exciting um that's just my favorite trope of 10 years that's incredible Wow. We went, yeah, we went to comedy school together 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago now in Chicago, whenever 20, uh, 2012 was, but we were best friends, kept in touch. 
live in different countries. Um, and then I went to a Harry Styles concert, stayed at his place, and here we are. <laughs> out. Amazing. That's so great. Oh, wow. That's so it's cool. Oh, I want that. That sounds incredible. You'll get that. You will. I, it was something that I, uh, I love, love, love is beautiful, but I was like, it's not, maybe it's not going to happen for me. And then, and then when it did, like it, it, once everything sort of, I like got my, I don't know, what do you want? What is this? What am I even doing? Once I figured that out, it just happened, which was scary, but it was cool, but it'll happen. If it can happen for me, it's definitely going to happen for you. You're actually a good person. So <laughs> I, I'm told I am a catch all the time. You're a catch. I will let you know it this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Gosh. Oh. Like we're teetering on dangerous territory talking about my love life. <laughs> uh, spill, spill, spill. No. <laughs> oh no. Different we're, podcast. And we're scaring back right back to the dragon prince. Uh yes, right. That's right. <laughs> Not the dating prince, the dragon prince. Dating prince. Oh my god. Dating uh, like imagine the bachelor or something along those lines in the dragon prince universe. I would watch the heck out of that. Are we kidding me? Like, let's have an animated Bachelor season in a fantasy universe. Why hasn't that been created? We just came up with the best idea ever. Can we, like, let, we're going to partner for this, right? We have to. I BRB, I'm going to get Wonderstorm on the line. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is juicy. <laughs> this is, oh, yeah. I would love that. I would I would watch it in the Dragon it. Prince universe. And also, if it was, like, a tangential, like, yeah. Eh, it's a it's similar. I totally watch that. I want a ten season situation where one season's in the Dragon Prince, one season's in Avatar: The Last Airbender, one season's in Full Metal Alchemist. Like, give me, give me it all. I'm ready for yeah. it. Yes, is the world ready for it? Oh man, we just achieved a high level of nerddom there. So that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> with our powers combined, well. Magic. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rein myself in. Whew, yes. Okay, uh, and ask you a question around uh, your experience with season five. You got to experience it way sooner than any of us did, and so I'm just curious, what was it like to to be a part of like reading these lines for the first time and learning the story. And I'm, I'm just curious, what, what was your impression as you encountered it? Well, I'll start from season four because we did them in chunks. Like we did one to three at one time and then we did four to how many? Seven, I think, four to seven. But the reason why I want to bring up four is because I really didn't know, like I feel like everything kind of took a really hard shift for yeah. Claudia in season five <laughs> in terms of everything. Yep. Like it was like, okay, she still, you know, it, she just took a new beat. It was like, a, we're hitting this thing even harder now. Um, and that was really interesting to, cause also I'll, I'll say this and this will make more sense. When I get scripts, um, that usually like when we're doing seasons, they'll just, you know, like every couple of weeks we'll have a record or like once a month, we'll do a couple episodes per recording session. Sometimes I don't even realize like, are, is this season four, season five or season six? 
But but this, yeah, season five, I remember I was like, oh my God, like after I read it, I was like, what episode is this? What happened? Yeah. End of season five is the episode I'm particularly thinking about, episode nine. But yeah, uh, I loved it. I, as a, a voice actor, probably one of the most rewarding, uh, that sounds so lame. I hate when actors talk like that. <laughs> it was so rewarding to play this, shut up. Um, no, but it was, it was really cool to like, just they trust you too, like to just really go for it with whatever the lines they've written uh they'll tell you what they're thinking but then ultimately you just do what feels right and they gave me that freedom and it was it was cool that was honestly one of the best like voice acting experiences yeah, i've ever had awesome. so it's cool uh it's interesting though a lot of a lot of fun stuff and fun stuff to come there was stuff that happened that i remembered recording being like oh that's not in Okay. Well, everyone's in trouble. Everyone's in trouble the next couple of. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. I, I just, I love having a uh, quote primal source, so to speak, to kind of speak on, on these things. It's so exciting. And so I, I'm curious, you mentioned like, as you were going through and you were like, whoa, it was this episode that, that hit hard. Um, and I'm curious if you recall uh, any fun details just about the the recording and making of this episode that like really speak out and you're like, whoa, this is worth knowing. <laughs> I didn't realize. Can I say spoilers? For season five? Yes. For season, yes, I can. Okay. Oh, 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 no, I'll get sued if it's anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have sue money uh, <laughs> yet. But no. Um, so uh, there I didn't realize in season, uh, sorry, in episode nine, Claudia fully lost a leg. And I remember, so she screams, all the screaming is me, uh, which will make more sense if you ever go back and watch it. You're like, oh yeah, that's just Raquel, that's Raquel making noise. <laughs> but Aaron was, I remember, uh, they let us do a couple passes and then they'll give us notes. And Aaron's was like, so, I want you to like, she lost a leg. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, exactly like that. So like have some have some of that in your scream. Like her leg is gone. I was like, she's gonna be like, what? Claudia's just like pieces of her are coming apart. And it was in that moment where I was like, oh, things are bad. <laughs> things are going to get bad. Um, but I remember that direct that that direction. And that really was like, okay, step it up, step it up. Yeah, but things oh. aren't we're in different territory now yeah yeah well it's also like just envisioning like there's a little bit of comedy in me in the loss of the leg just envisioning what claudia can become around like dark magic pirate and it's like peg leg yeah. <laughs> like it's like oh we just came off of the ocean like this is like the the area that we're... so that was my first thought when when i saw lost leg after my jaw dropped and it recovered of course but yeah uh, yeah, wild. What a cool <laughs> what a cool stage direction. Oh, by the way, you lost a leg here. <laughs> yeah, like maybe more pain because her leg's gone. I was like, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I I uh oh man, there are so many little notes we get that are so silly and so funny, but that's one that I uh Cause I'm notorious, I'm notorious for like, I'll read the script the night before. Cause I do like to have an element, 
yes, I'm lazy as hell, but I do like to have an element of like, I don't know, like I don't like overdoing things. I even tell kids I'm coaching, like don't overread it. Just know what you're supposed to be saying. But there's always these little, these little moments where I'm like, oh God, (laughs) that uh, nothing could have prepared me for that. (laughs) Or Aaron giving a direction like, yeah, like, like more, more pain. Like this is suffering. I'm like, Oh no. Okay. Uh, anyways, I obviously didn't take my ADHD medication today. Cause I cannot remember what I was talking about, but nailed it. We're, we're, we are officially ready to go and we nailed that section. So yes. final source check. <laughs> check. Yeah. So now uh, we're going to transition into talking about the lens. And so yes. we're talking like, how are we going to talk about this episode? And uh, we were thinking about a, a few different options, and you settled on desperation as as the lens, which is a hell of a word. So yeah. I'm excited to, to figure out, like, one, um, what what does desperation mean to you, and can you tell us your relationship with it? And then we'll kind of uh, from there kind of parse out what it really is. Yeah. So desperation felt to to me, that felt to be the strongest theme. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, so I watched the episode last night again. And I think from start to finish, everybody is trying so hard, so desperately to stop Erevos, or they're trying to stop Claudia from getting to Erevos. And they're trying to stop, you know, war, they're trying to stop something so to, to i don't know when i was watching like zubeya in the beginning because she's got like that um that <laughs> pardon zambeya <laughs> is that her name that's what that's what twitter is calling her um like oh because she's like a zombie yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i was like did i get her name wrong no that's very funny zambeya yeah <laughs> even her like flying and she can't do it and like you can hear it and Nicole's voice, oh, so good. I felt, and even like listening to Jason's performance, I'm like, oh, there's so much like desperation. Like I need to do this thing. This thing is the thing that's going to help the greater good. And everyone has their own idea of what that thing is, but the same intensity. So I don't know, like defining desperation, it's an interesting one, Um, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do we, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to like fully, you, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't think I had a degree by me not being able to describe desperation. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's easier sometimes when we have like an example. And so I'm, I'm, you may not have one, but I'm, I'm curious, is there a, a time where you can name that you have kind of felt that experience in your life? And, and if so, like, what what did it feel like and what what was the context if you if you're willing to share that's not a vulnerable thing to share at all like right no yeah yeah, yeah. no no not at all no i'm an open book baby um i was feeling actually recently like quite desperate i got kicked out of uh the place i was living in and mm. just the, it's this i can explain to you how i felt um it was this feeling of like there's there has to be a way and we're going to try everything to get to this like final point. Uh, I need to get out of this bad feeling. I need to get like quickly, Mm -hmm. like the anxiety, the intensity, the like extreme emotion of like getting to that final destination is just, 
yeah that's that's how i can explain how desperation felt to me in that moment and it like it's it could be a spectrum true right like yeah. I need to get an audition in on time and I'm editing and I'm sweating because I'm like, oh my God, I'm late. Like I woke up late. There's all these things. I just need to get this in because I need to get work. I need it, whatever. But the feeling is always the same. It's very intense. And you you feel like you just have to push through something. Yeah. And I think that's that's a really interesting kind of way to frame it is it's a to be desperate is like the, is it's a condition that ends when uh something is met right and so this when a need is met right i don't have a house so i'm desperate until i have found that spot um it, and it's i guess an interesting experience because d- desperation is related to despair right like to be without hope um and it's interesting because typically what desperation does is exactly what you're describing is this uh it leads to often i think rash or extreme behavior and the 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 thing that makes it funky is who gets to decide what is rash and what is extreme um versus what is like a perfectly logical response to a really tough situation right yes. Yes. Um, like to like, you know, because I think it's colloquially something like that sounds like a desperate move relating to someone like texting someone back right after the date. Um, and yeah. it, it's like, oh, that sounds desperate. But like or or it's something completely different and completely logical based off of the experience of that person. So, yeah, labeling something as desperate seems uh, makes me nervous because like, are they desperate? Or is that me seeing how I would react and I wouldn't react that way? So that therefore it's a desperate move. Um, Right. Right. Like there's a little bit of judgment around it, I guess. Uh, I think there definitely can be for sure. For sure. We'll even look at how people are talking about a lot of the choices people have made characters have made this season in particular or this entire show literally (laughs) full time (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. the judgment prince no (laughs) i love it i think it's i mean (laughs) naturally we're gonna judge what they're doing especially if they're framed in a way like there's violence involved and in the in this world of the dragon prince they have swords they have they have like creatures they've got like a different <laughs> setup so there's tons more violence like claudia does dark magic claudia kills <laughs> so many different things but yeah that's a good point though like dark magic in and of itself for callum is a desperate act yes for claudia dark magic is very uh you know daily a daily occurrence like regular normal Versus for Callum, this is so abnormal and it's a desperate move. Um, and so it's it's unique to the person. And so, like, it's, I can't wait to, to parse that out a little bit. Yeah. But before we do, we have to remind our listeners what happened in the episode. Because unlike you and I, they may not have watched it recently. Um, Very true. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do a little bit of a 30 second recap. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to go first or second. Sure. 
I'll go first because I know mine's going to be bad. <laughs> mine's going to be a, a, a mess and you're going to have to clean that up. <laughs> no, it'll be wonderful, I'm sure. Um, Let me know when I'm ready. I got to get into like a stance. Okay, I feel I feel good now. I, I feel secure. All right, ready? Three, yes. two, one, go. Uh, Zombea, not doing well. Uh, the the three, um, Callum, Ezrin, and uh, Rayla, and Soren, and Zim, they get gills so they can go underwater to find Erevos' prison. Um, but guess who's down there? Claudia, because she killed a pentapus. Um, and she used it to, and mixed it with her own blood and, and made some potion. Uh, and then she lost her leg. Yep, five seconds, four. <gasps> Viren is going through it. Yeah. And he might die. That's the end. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh, that's so. Did I good. miss so much. I think I miss so much. Oh, <laughs> I miss a whole storyline with the Sunfire Elves. Someone oh, got betrayed. Yeah, that was like a thirty-second clip. It's fine. Yeah. Um, you covered the big details. Like we spent most of the time in the ocean, right? That's uh, what I thought. <laughs> it yeah. felt like it. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, will you count me in? Yes, give me two seconds. Do, 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 do. All right, I'm chanting. And three, two, one, go. Okay, so Zambea is chatting with Dead Drago and then gets inspo to fly out and crash into the forest. And then where's the prison? Who knows? Ezra knows. And then Callum's a powerful mage and then Gills, but Rayla's scared. And then Terry has a level head, but Claudia goes fishing. And then Virvos is a real ship and they have a kid. And then Claudia's bit octopus and then tries to kill everyone. And then Rayla realizes she can do it after all and saves the day by cutting off a leg. And then Ezra finds a pearl prison. And then Vir and Sadie might die. And then the mushroom mage does really cool things. And then Miyana. He 30 you. seconds Ooh, so much is this is a long there's a lot going on in this episode um there's so much so yeah much. oh also i'm happy you brought up the mushroom mage literally was watching it last night and was like i don't remember him <laughs> was he in the rest of the season and then i was like who plays him i need to find all this out but yes, well, I'm asking like, okay, who did the voice for that? Who did the voice for that? And I was like, I can't find it anywhere. Um, Someone's got to step up their IMDb shit because, yeah. oh, put, sorry, I swore. No, it's fine. I like, But there were several times where I looked it up, like, uh, and it might be out there now. I haven't looked recently, but I've, I've looked for uh, Finnegan. I couldn't find the voice actor for. I looked for the, the mushroom mage. Couldn't find that. Like I was just like, where are these people? I want to talk to them. Yeah. Glass. Uh, so it goes. Um, Finnegan. I feel like I knew who Finnegan was uh, when it first came out because we were talking about it in our group chat. I can't remember. I'll find out. I'll let you know. <laughs> one day. One day I'll figure it out. One day. Um. Amazing. All right. I want to, I want to toss it straight to you. We're, we're diving into the content, the meat of the episode here. Uh, what is a moment in this episode that just reeks of desperation to you? Um, Claudia, I think, and I'm going to probably always throw it to her um, because I know those parts the most, but um, her squeezing Ezrin, like her, like she was going to kill she would have killed them had Rayla not sliced her arm off. I also thought of Rayla's slicing as like an uh, uh, act of desperation as well. Oh my because God. She, yeah. 
Um, because she doesn't, I mean, Rayla's whole thing in the beginning of like season one was I'm not going to kill this guy. And then she cut the leg off, but, but because she was saving, like it was a desperate moment. It was high stakes. It was, but yeah, Claudia squeezing and hurting her friends and also the manipulating, um, it's still me. It's still me. Like, no, girl. <laughs> She's just trying to get her, her the desperation to keep her father alive yeah. is kind of what's over cloud, overshadowing everything yeah. else that's terrible and evil that could happen. She's just thinking of this one little thing. Yeah. I guess it's a big thing. <laughs> it, it really is like this. And there's so many different components of this that are just so rich that I, I'm going to uh, try to focus in on uh, <laughs> the I'm going to go first, I guess, to what you mentioned around Claudia, like at, at the beginning of the conversation, uh, this attempt to win them over. It, it it feels it feels like such a hollow attempt, right? It feels like it's this surface level attempt uh, around like, don't you remember I'm your friend as I like surround you with this tentacle and I'm about to squeeze your life out if you get in my way. And it's just, I don't know. Like I, I, I this, and I want to be careful and not label this as a, uh, a, a judgment of Claudia in the sense that um, like Claudia is the worst, right? The total bad guy. Also making some really poor decisions, but I, I do think that this is what it looks like to be desperate. I think this is a really good visual for this is what desperate looks like. And mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a judgment of Claudia, the person, but rather a, a judgment of Claudia in this situation. Agree. Right? Yeah. Even in um, which season was it? I think it was season two where she, or season two or season three, where she manipulated Callum. Yeah. I feel like, like there was, yeah. If I remember correctly, where they're on the way, they're at the moon nexus. Um, yeah. 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 She, she, she messes around with his trust. And it, it, I feel like that was a little, whether it was intentional or not, that's like a little foreshadowy moment to yeah. what's to come. It's like, I don't actually care. I don't see you. I want you to see me and use that against you. But yeah. And I, like, again, I, I think my bias comes through when I talk about dark magic, because I think dark magic is, is bad. Like, <laughs> like but I, I think part of the conditioning of dark magic of using life to your to, as a means to an end is that that's kind of bleeding into how she treats the people around her also people yeah are also a means to an end and it's it's really like visible in this scene where like th these people are you are you are tools in my toolbox until you get in my way and then you are meant to get out of my way and I will do whatever it needs to do to do that um, yeah and Erevos does that also like yeah. he's doing it with Viren he's doing it with her it's so interesting the bleed down the trickle down eh, yeah. blood works but yeah <laughs> There's plenty of blood yeah 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 um yeah, and okay, so you, we talked about that, and then you yeah. also mentioned this this moment where 
uh, Rayla cuts the leg, right? And I, I had a, like I had a weird thought here around um, what I, I had a weird thought around the magic of this. Uh, specifically because she has eight limbs, right? She has eight little tentacles going around, and it, this is the one that uh, is cutting off the leg. And here's the thought, though, is, is it because she lost her magic? Her, she lost the the um, thing that was keeping her an octopus, that that is what cut off her leg or would any tentacle have cut off her leg because a lot of them just kind of emerged from they like were a magic source versus the ones where her legs turned into uh, or was it just luck that she happened to cut off the leg i don't know this is a, a very nitpicky thing so <laughs> i don't know yeah no it's a good question i can't remember it was explained to me during recording whenever we did it like last year but or a few more than a few months ago but um Oh, crap. I don't remember. Yeah. But but I, I think it, I don't know. I think I'd like to think in my brain, I'm like, oh, any leg she cut off would have been right. her own leg. Yeah. Like, because if dark magic is an extension of you, mm-hmm. I think no matter what, you yeah. cut, like she had what, five, five? What's Penta? Five? Penta is five. I don't, I didn't actually count. So I don't know how many she had. I'd like to rewatch just that part. Uh, I, I noticed yesterday, I'm like, oh, is that how many legs has she got? Um, but I do, I, I'd like to think it's an extension of her whole lower body. So no matter what, she would have been chopped. But uh, I, I could find out. I, I, can, I can find out. <laughs> My brain, I'm, I'm desperate for the answer. Yes. Uh, uh, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. But, but because... I think what's interesting here is Rayla getting to this point is also, I think, worth talking about because Rayla was previously unwilling to go underwater and try this and something compelled her to to dive in despite her fear. Right. And so I'm and I don't know if that was a desperate act or not, or was that her overcoming a fear and not necessarily desperate or or was it out of desperation that Rayla got into the water in the first place? And I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I think, I think maybe it was like a desperate attempt to keep her friend alive. Like, I think it could be maybe looked at in that sort of way instead of like her physically getting into the water. I think that was overcoming a fear, but because of this intense need to keep her friends safe yeah. uh, or her brother-in-law, whatever you want to call, <laughs> whatever you want to call Ezra. No one's calling him that these days. <laughs> yeah, it's the, I think when I think about it from a despair perspective, I, I think that Rayla was sitting up there in that boat, wondering what was happening to those two, knowing that they were in danger, maybe not from Claudia, but definitely in danger. And I think that, I think that's kind of something that's worth realizing is that that stagnant space of I'm not doing anything. And if I don't do something, they could get hurt is okay. I am, I am so desperate to keep these people that I love and care about alive that I am going to make this, I'm going to take this to me extreme action of getting into the water. Right. Um, And thank goodness she did. Right. To at least for thank goodness for 
Carol Mesrin. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, for sure. <laughs> but it's it's that's it's just wild to think around. Desperation is a really interesting, <laughs> interesting thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just agreeing. <laughs> the last thing that you mentioned, which was the first thing that you said, was the Claudia being willing to to kill Ezrin and being willing to kill Callum and Ezrin who were both like in her clutches. Um, and I think about like what it would take for me to feel desperate enough to take the life of, of two people that I have spent years of my time with. Yeah. And I would have to be in a really, really dark spot. Like this is like saw movie level desperation here around like, if you know what I mean like it's totally it's like I I'm I this is a wild accusation but I'm equating Erevos to to Saul right mm. to <laughs> to the person who's creating the situation in which people are making desperate moves like this right yeah. it's like talk about dark this so dark <laughs> so dark um it's it's I, I think we talked about manipulation a bit too the last time we we chatted um it's i i agree i always think to like what would i do in this situation what would make me uh completely lose sight of history what would make me lose sight of everything and feel so desperate and compelled to like do this thing that's going to eliminate friends um and and like loved ones but um i i wait i lost my train of thought uh agreeing saw oh manipulation i feel like she is just so far gone yeah like it doesn't even like even when i was was doing the lines like from a from an actor standpoint it's i even like my intent not my intention but my whole thing was like no she's gone like she's this isn't even it's not even about family anymore it's like i think erevos is completely yes he sawed her (laughs) and and, and it's interesting because that happened to viren too yeah and viren lost himself and then he's at a point now where he has he is feeling remorse Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to go so far as to say maybe he's found himself or or what that is, but he's certainly found some perspective that has changed his view- <laughs> viewpoint, right? And uh, this is a, perhaps a really good transition to to just Viren's experience here because at the beginning of this episode, Viren is just catatonic, right? Yes. So, oh yeah. And and I think that's you know. Uh, medically and physically speaking when our brain shuts down like that that is a form of like our body is making a desperate attempt to keep our bodies safe right that is our our mind shuts down because the that is the body's attempt to keep you safe yeah it's really fascinating to me that viren starts off in that space because of these dreams that he's been having. And then when he sees this image of Claudia in the ocean uh, that it matches that dream, he snaps out of it and in, in a desperate attempt to save Claudia, right? And it's the desperate attempt to save 
someone else that brings him out of that space that's it's like what a wild experience that was just like it's oh it's so yeah <laughs> it's wild and like i say this all the time about like jason is one of the best voice actors i want to say in the world um and the way he there were so many little things i noticed yesterday watching it the second time like the way he portrays like the like feeling stuck like he's like oh i'm like uh viren breaks out of that catatonic state to like oh my god claudia but then erevos like pulls him into his prison again it's like <gasps> you can really hear it in jason's voice it's really beautiful um yeah i could talk about jason like that forever don't tell him that well, but yeah so yeah. many subtle moves in that i don't think the average viewer pays attention to or notices that mm -hmm. like I, I i think they notice when it's not there but i don't think they always can appreciate when it is there if that makes sense does that make sense thousand percent uh, thousand percent yes it's just it's an uh, an unreal level of detail that just is really exemplary um and i and i think that there are so many moments throughout the series where I was like, damn, that was, that was really solid voice acting right there. Yeah. Uh, really incredible. Um, anyway, we are tooting all of y'all's horns. <laughs> but yes, the, the, the catatonic state desperation, it's all, it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, you, like again, this connects really well to the, to Erebos, right? Okay, we okay, we're, we're just following the trail, right? And yes, so we've gone from Claudia to Rayla to back to Claudia, and now we're at Viren, and now we're going into Erebos. And this this moment, you know what? I I was really thinking about what desperation looks like. What does desperate look like on Erebos? And I he he broke in this episode for me, and it was this moment when Viren. Uh, starts to walk away from him. And Viren's playing into his game the whole time until Viren walks away and doesn't listen for a second. And then you see it on Erebos's face. It was drawn so well. And um, Eric says it really well. Just stop. And it was this total break of character. And Viren stops. And then he goes right back into it. And... Like Viren had him. He was this close. It was like, oh, you you had him. And that was to me when people have so much control over their bodies and how they present and they're manipulating everything around them. When something doesn't go their way, it's just like one little break in it can. Uh. And so that was a moment for me. Where I was like, that's what desperate looks like on Arabic. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. They, like, I'm curious. Did, did that land for you? What What, what was that moment like or what was a moment for you that you noticed around air <laughs> yeah well i think um exactly what you said i noticed that yesterday i was like oh my god and yeah eric is the way he does it is incredible um the other the other thing where i see desperate where i see erivos being desperate is pulling viren like pulling viren away from saving claudia yeah. like fully taking over his body like uh 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 
Yep. No, no, no. I'm just borrowing your consciousness. What? Yeah, how convenient. <laughs> I'm taking it right now when your daughter is in the water. Yeah, I I think I think the no was probably the most powerful and then I would say yeah, that was another thing I noticed. Yeah, yeah, Erevos is disgusting. Like as a <laughs> as a character, he's a bad guy. He is yeah. he's a bad dude. <laughs> I agree. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can we talk about the just for funsies the the bomb that was dropped from Erevos in this around having a a, a child, right? Where like everyone in the theater <laughs> watched that scene and was waiting for him to say Callum and he didn't. Um, but like <laughs> everyone was like no, and like uh, I I did a visual there of my mouth just dropped. Um, but yeah, like wild wild writing the the staff <laughs> writers had a lot of fun writing that scene i'm sure of it like, oh yeah <laughs> oh man anyway i feel like we're gonna have a lot of like homunculuses at um yeah. conventions now because it's like their their child yeah that shocked me too and i like saw the script before i guess i didn't read that part because when i watched it i was like what oh, <laughs> okay <Wow>. all right <laughs> <laughs> but yes intense wow wild wild stuff yeah okay okay all right uh can we talk about terry yeah can we talk about someone who is not desperate <laughs> and i think it's terry i think like he is so willing to just go with the flow and is just along for the ride with claudia that it's interesting because this this early scene right in the beginning of the episode where Claudia's like, where is it? I don't know. Ah, uh, and just like can't think straight and can't process. And Terry's like, I don't know. Oh, the map's wrong. Huh. Oh, I bet it's underwater. And then like immediately Claudia's like, oh, that's it. And it's, it's I so there's two, I think, thoughts to that. One is I think, and I'm I'm wondering what your feedback is on this. Uh, does desperation close us off to uh, imagining other possibilities uh, in certain situations? Like, does it blind us perhaps to certain things and certain potential options? And then the opposite of that is when what we see Terry modeling for us is um, just a constant, like, go with the flow, like, oh, yeah, this could work, this could work. So I guess my question is, is this Terry's personality? Or are we seeing something, and it might be both, um, are we seeing desperation as a uh, blinder almost? Does that make sense as a question? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. It's tricky. I th There are moments where I, like, I was prepared to say, Terry, that could have been seen as like a desperate attempt to keep Claudia from you know, hurting herself or doing whatever, but she still did those things. And to go back to what you said, I do think desperation does sort of put these blinders on where you can only see certain options. You can usually only hear the loudest one or you can, you know, whatever feels, I don't know, everything gets kind of clouded when you're that desperate. So you're like, yeah, we're going to try that. Let's do that. Like how I was when I was moving and I got kicked out. I'm like, okay, great. I got to do this then. Great. Let's sell everything. Let's do this you don't really there's little little things that we don't notice but uh so i agree with that and then terry 
part of me wonders i'm like is is terry just like desperately wants claudia to be happy and safe or like does he really want her to free erevos like i think about that a lot because he's an elf i have so many questions yeah i do i do as well um and and there's stuff that happens that i cannot obviously say but yeah it's it's all very it's it's tricky because sometimes i'm like oh he just wants like he loves her and he wants her to like succeed at this thing but i don't think he gets it so maybe claudia has manipulated him out of desperation as well which i could kind of I don't know, just knowing how she is <laughs> as a person, why wouldn't she manipulate Terry too? Well, and I guess that's, I, I, I just, it's something doesn't add up for me. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm still, yeah. I, I don't think I have all the puzzle pieces yet, which I think, think that's the point. Like, like that's how it's written, but it does feel like something doesn't add up. And, and, and it might be that Terry is, is so desperate for love right just i i have found someone that accepts me for who i am that loves me that cares about me and i i think love does that to people <laughs> i frankly right yeah. like it's a scary thing like love is scary y'all like it is the i i i think something that is really interesting about love is that we have no control over whether someone loves us back and we can like feel so much for someone and uh -huh. be entirely in their at their mercy because we love them and they might love us or they might not and it's just who knows how it goes um and it's i i think about that a lot and how people do desperate things for love and I think yeah. I think we see Claudia doing that in this episode I think we see potentially Terry doing that in this episode and it's just manifesting very differently um yeah yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like it's it's so interesting with Terry because if you do think about it as oh yes he desperately wants to keep this person who loves him for who he is and all of like you know I think that she, sorry, yeah, Claudia, I think that Claudia, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought again. So it goes. No, I had a good point. Sorry, I heard a toilet flush upstairs and I was like. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, um, uh, da, 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 Claudia, oh, Terry, it's like enabling. It, if So if we're thinking about it as Terry That's behaving yeah. out of desperation to keep this person who loves him unconditionally, no matter what. And also like Claudia doesn't care for elves. And yet she's, right? so okay. he must, he must feel like, okay, I gotta, like, I am special. I will keep this around. I will. But if you, yeah, if you think about it that way, it, it's like desperation causing him to enable her to do these bad things instead of like, I don't know. Does that make sense? It, it's it's confusing and complex. And I think that we, it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to name. It's hard yeah. to language to, right? And totally. I think um, 
really interesting about this dynamic that we have between them. And it's just, it's very clear that, you know, you know what it reminds me of? Um, and it reminds me of partners who are in domestic violent, domestic violence situations where yeah. people who are the victims of that often don't leave their partner uh, for a variety of reasons. And um, it just, I, it, this has a, a lingering feel of that, that, um, I don't know that I am, I can be exact around why that is coming to my mind, but it definitely has that feel to me. Totally. No, I, I, there are elements of that. I agree. Uh, because Harry throughout the entire season, especially this season is like, I need to do, I'm going to do things to make Claudia comfortable and happy comfortable and happy. I need to maintain this thing. Uh, like he made the boat so she could sleep and move at the same time. I don't know. There's all these little things where they could be seen as like, oh, you're very kind, but also it's like, oh, are you, are you doing this so you don't get hurt? It's very, it's very tricky. And I totally see what you're saying. I, I, yeah, I, Claudia is doing a lot of stuff that I don't fully agree with, but that's not up to me. I'm not the writer. Uh, well, I just, I just read, but <laughs> I'm watching. I, I watch and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's like a bad person <laughs> or she's maybe not so much a bad person. She's just What's man, her circumstances. Yeah. He, terrible situation. And then I think to him, like, would I do the same thing? Maybe. Yeah, I <laughs> It's so unreasonable to think that we can make a, a rash decision from the outside, like watching with just this 20 minute segment. Yes, we have four seasons before this, but even with all of that, like we still don't have the full lived experience of Claudia. And no. so um, it's just we we can never make that assessment or judgment about people that we know or love or care about, even if they're fiction. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. especially when they're they're fiction um <laughs> but okay we're doing well uh yes uh i have two more things that i want to bring up do you have one that you want to go to before we go to those no i think i i pretty much covered what stood out the most to me so let's hear let's hear it amazing all right i want to end on a question that I so I will wait on that one. This so what I will talk about first is Zambea. Um, so <laughs> that uh, is such a good nickname. Wh whoever made that up in my will done yeah. done. It's, it's so good. Um, the so Zubea is in the very beginning of this having a delusion. Um, I which I believe is you know caused by this illness that she is contracting, uh, that is taking over her body, and um, this the blight or whatever we're calling it that um is taking over her is really interesting. Where she is having a an allowed a conversation, um in which she is debating doing a taking rash action or just letting go. And she is being driven to this point um, through a 
physical condition that is causing mental health problems. And I, I find it really interesting because like mental health is physical health, right? It's, yeah. it, it's impossible to, you know, separate those two, even though our culture does, because like it is her mental health right now is directly attached to her physical health, directly attached yeah. to her body. Um, and it's just really interesting to me because I think what happens is when we are having when we are in ill health, physically and or mentally, what that does is it often pushes us to this limit. And in, especially in the United States where, you know, capitalism is the worst and we're in late stage capitalism, patriarchal bullshit. And (laughs) what's happening is when we are ill, we talk ourselves into, no, I have to keep working. No, I have to keep producing. No, I'm not good enough if I don't do X, Y, and Z. And Mm -hmm. I have to save my child. No, I, and and it's really interesting to, to question whether this is a rash or extreme thing, because one might say, no, you should rest. This is what you should be doing for your health. But also, I think we, with an outside perspective, know that if she were to rest, she would die and turn into Zambia for real. Yeah. This, this act, this rash or extreme behavior to, to fly when you know you cannot is ultimately what saves her. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume. I assume that this is, uh, fungi guy is mushroom mage is, is healing her. Um, I hope so. That's the important thing. <laughs> right? um, so that was a whole long diatribe to say, it's really hard for me to discern sometimes whether taking the action or resting is the better option, right? And it's hard to tell when it's just you, you know? I don't know. Totally. <laughs> no, I, I agree a thousand percent, especially like she's turning, she has this physical thing happening to her. So obviously the desperation and the intensity and everything probably feels, or probably is like at its peak. She's constantly living in this, like, I don't want to use fight or flight, but it's a fight. Like she's in this fight. Um, it's same with like mental health, like uh, with like OCD or with, you know, uh, well got anything anxiety like it's like a constant fight or flight like you're at this whatever this peak not whatever uh you know what i mean but um it's interesting that she was still even able to come up with the two like the two like do i rest or do i do this do i fly do i whatever it's just really interesting that there were two options whereas like you look at claudia you look at everybody else and it was like all the the ways that desperation manifested like Rayla just cut off the thing like without thinking Zubaya actually had time sorry Zambaya had time <laughs> to like okay like rationalize it which yeah. was interesting um Claudia's not rationalizing Viren spent a whole episode sort of like re-rationalizing I think you make a really good point though because uh you 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 gave me a little bit of language there around like she she comes away with a binary it's do yeah. I do I stay or do I go? Uh, exactly. And, she had a beautiful and, musical number. 
and well, it's and it's it's this it's very similar. I think that's a really good way to frame it. And so the question is, does desperation uh, narrow our focus to believing that there's only two options, uh, this extreme or this extreme? Um, and I, I, you know, as I think about all these moments that are acts of desperation, it's, it seems like that's what it does, right? It's like, okay, I have one option to either die or to cut off this leg. Okay. I have one option, kill Ezra and Callum or, uh, not, <laughs> or yeah. an option to save Claudia or to remain catatonic. Like I, it, it's all of these moments seem like they are boiled down to like it's either this or this mm -hmm. when in reality there are so many other options that fall by the wayside because we can't imagine another option when we're desperate yeah that's how it feels to me totally desperation i guess okay to go back to how would you define desperation i guess it's like choosing between a a, a I don't want to say a plethora, but like a few yeah. different extremes yeah. and not thinking of the gray area, not thinking of like, cause you're acting at, you're act, yeah, activated at such a high state. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, desperation can be now I'm like trying to do it for myself. Like what I was trying to say, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's yeah, you can only see the extremes and you can't focus on and I do think the show what the show does really beautifully is like, well, what if like let's play in the gray area because it does play in the gray area a lot like the right or wrong. Well, what happens if this happens? What if this person who's typically like, you know, on the positive side of things does dark magic like Callum, for example. What does that make? What does that make of him? Does that mean he is a terrible person? Who? Yeah, I like that the show plays in the gray area a lot because we we don't. I think a lot of the the times, uh, I don't know. I think of times where, yeah, oh. yeah, wild, wild. So good, so rich, right? So what a rich. Oh, so good. Okay, right? Yeah. Um. Okay, my last question doesn't necessarily have an answer, so feel free to just, you know, slap me in the face for asking this. Never. Um, but, okay, so I, there's a little bit of a paradox I'm noticing around this, this whole arc, which is, you know, Claudia is trying to find Erebos. And, you know, I, I can't help but wonder if the dragging also wasn't searching for the prison it seems like Claudia wouldn't have found it at all, um, especially within the time frame for Viren, right? It seems like uh, perhaps this whole situation might have been avoidable by trusting the system that was protecting the prison in the first place. And so I'm wondering if the feeling of desperation and the actions it, le it leads us to take might often lead to the very situations that enable that which we are trying to prevent, right? Because yeah. it seems like if the dragon had just stayed put and trusted what was going on, then I I don't I don't know. There are so many things that were preventing Claudia from along getting there along the way that 
they just happen to help her get. And so I don't know. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Like, it feels like these act, desperate acts to protect the world are also enabling the people who are trying to rescue Erevos and save Erevos and release him. Totally. On one hand, I'm like, well, I guess entertainment value. But at the same time, it's like, no, like nobody's perfect in this show. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's perfect. And that's what I love about it is like, yes, people have good intentions. I think everybody arguably in that show has good intentions, yep. arguably. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're so right. Like it's never really been put in front of me like that. Like they, they could have left it. They could have left it. No. Claudia could have just done her thing, opened the prison, and then they could have dealt with it after. But it was like, no, we got to stop this now. And I can't even remember exactly. Maybe you can remind me how they like. I know they there was the whole boat episode, and they they went into a town. I can't remember how they were like. We got to stop Claudia. Yeah, I can't remember. It was interesting because it's it became a race to find the prison first. Um, and That's right. This this race led to Claudia getting a lot of clues from <laughs> from the dragging and what they were doing, um, and you know they each got like Ezra ended up getting more information from Domina Profundus and you know knowing what the prison looked like while Claudia didn't know that but she had the map that they didn't have so it but she got that because of how i don't know it's it's yeah um but anyway that's just a question i'm like uh do i cause most of my problems when i'm desperate by by doing exactly what i shouldn't do yeah uh, sometimes that does happen i do it <laughs> i do it all the time i think i think that's a great example of people behaving in a desperate manner but thinking they're doing the right thing or like trying to do the right thing because they only see good and evil or like they only see these things um okay i didn't realize that that was an act that i think that was desperation i am going on record to say that they behaved out of desperation the drag gang nailed it sacred practice. And so this season, we've been taking on sacred practices with our guests and uh, treating the show as if it has something to teach us. And if that's not already evidenced by our conversation, <laughs> then hopefully this will uh, give us a, a fresh look. 
And so for our, our listeners, uh, uh, we are going to take on the Wonder Square as a practice. And this is perhaps not one of your uh, super well-known practices, but it's a really neat concept. And it's called a Wonder Square because typically it's done in a uh, two-by-two grid in which you fill in the answers. And so instead of doing that, we're just kind of go through them one step at a time. Um, and what you do is you pick a random sentence or a random line, uh, as it were, from the show. And then you go through these four steps with that line. And so I paused uh, randomly throughout the middle of this, this uh, episode, and I landed on 11 minutes and 54 seconds. And the next line that came was, you are my guest. And Viren responds with, I do not want to be here. And... Uh, it's right in the middle of this uh, conversation between Erevos and Viren, where Erevos is like stalling and preventing him from chasing Claudia. Um, and so the first step of the practice is, what does this line make you think of? And it can be uh, related to the show. It can be related to your own life. Uh, but when you hear these lines, what does it make you think of? And I'll read them again. You are my guest. I don't want to be here. It's pretty powerful. Right? <laughs> it's really powerful. Um, watching it too, yesterday specifically, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't want to be here. I, it just, I, I think a lot of that, a lot of that, Sure, Viren fed into quite a bit of it and got to the point where he was at, but like that was out of his control. When he had finally come to, because being in the catatonic state was also kind of out of his control physically. He had no control over his body, just whatever was happening in those flashbacks, but he didn't have control over that either. So now he has even less control. He's like, he physically was like brought, not physically, eh, I don't know, brought into a prison because that's Erevos's prison right yeah, yeah so like imprisoned on his like not on his accord and and wanting to save his daughter like he's fully choosing to in that moment like I don't want this anymore yeah so that was a cool thing to that's a just another thing um for sure yeah, yeah. did yeah. I answer that correctly I think so. yeah I mean it's what does it make you think of that's what you thought of yeah for, for me, you know what it makes me think of is when I am a uh, a guest places that I don't want to be. So the the things I'm thinking about, like oh, I I have to go to this party, and I know that I don't want to go, but I have to go for various reasons because my parents are are making me go because. Uh, my friends are there and I'm going with them elsewhere and I don't have a car ride. So I have to go like being, it reminds me of places that I have to be because exactly what you're describing, this lack of control and agency that I have. Um, and it's like framed as, oh no, this is a good thing. This is a wonderful thing that you're a guest here. And it's like, no, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be yeah. a guest in your house. You and made me come here. Yeah, right? Yeah. It, it, I guess control is the operative word here to that this is making us think of for, for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's step one. Step one is what does it make you think of? 
Step two is how does this line make you feel? What are the feelings that come up for you physically? What are you feeling in your body? But also what are you feeling emotionally when you hear this line? And again, I'll read it one more time for us. You are my guest. I don't want to be here. I speaking very frankly, like it feels gross. Yeah. <laughs> like it do, it feels really not okay. It's like physically forcing someone to do something or be somewhere when you have no consent in the matter that always feels nasty to me. Mm -hmm. Um, th there are varying degrees where Viren has put like Viren, uh, was working with Erevos at one point, yeah. but he is also having these revelations like, Oh my God, I fucked up. Oh, excuse my language. Oh my God. I fucked up. Look at my kids. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. Now look at my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and I could save her. And, and the thing that he then cared about, he was fully forced yeah. out of it and back into this really uncomfortable catatonic state. It just feels gross. It feels like no agency. I, I don't know. Uh, no agency, no choice. He yeah. didn't have a choice. Erevos is in there. And I, and I also, it makes me think too of like, okay, Claudia, I don't think Claudia has a choice. I think Erevos is so deep in there yeah. and it's gross. It's really yeah. gross. It makes me feel gross. <laughs> oh, I, I like slimy was the word that came to my mind. Um, you know, it also makes me feel scared. Like yeah. I, I imagine that feeling and it's like I feel my heart rate increasing I feel like the the temperature under my armpits rising like I I feel like a physical fear when I imagine myself in that situation and like that is oh I just got chills like it's like, yeah oh, oh, oh. like it, I know it, I'm stopping myself because it's like a lot <laughs> it's bad so okay let's let's venture away from feel we've got that down I feel like yeah uh, so step one think step two feel step three what is this line calling us to do? Uh, what is the action that this line is asking of us? Uh, you are my guest. I don't want to be here. And initially, I can, I'll respond quickly because this is yeah. what like Initially, I'm like, pay attention to the people in the room who <laughs> don't want to be there. And like, how can I help what what can I do in and I'm thinking particularly social situations like parties who are guests in my home that may not want to be there like how can I be a host that is not saying oh you're my guest but instead is like honoring the fact that this person is not want to be here and what can I do about that how can I see that and and um and honor it I guess that's I guess I'm I'm feeling called to honor the people who <laughs> who don't want to be present in my, in my presence. Yeah. Like meeting them where they're at. I think that's so important. And that doesn't happen with Erevos at all. <laughs> he doesn't meet anybody where they're at. It's yeah. I agree though. I, I, I like the idea of, okay, if somebody is at your home and you know, they're uncomfortable or whatever, you try to make them comfortable. You try and like, what is it? Hey, if you want to go, my room is free. It's upstairs, third door on the left. If you need to sneak away for an hour or so, just like go for it. There's no choice though. There's no option. It's just like in this scenario we're talking about, it's just like none of that is given. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. 
I don't know. What do you, what were you, what were you uh, asking? Cause maybe I can come up with a better answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so like what, the, I guess for, for you, if, if something different comes up around, what does this line call you to, to do? Your oh. life, right. Around. So you are my guest. I don't want to be here. When you think about what that is leading you, what action is like, I'm going to do this because of this line, because does that make sense? Yes, I see. Yes, I, I think, you know what, if somebody said, I don't want to be here, I'd be like, okay, you don't have to be here. And it goes back to choice and it goes giving agency and choice. That's always something that is forever going to be so important to me. Uh, yeah, I'd give the option. Well, you don't have to be here. Nobody, I, nobody is forcing you to be here. If you want, I'll Uber you somewhere. If this, if it's making you this uncomfortable to be here, you don't need to be here. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Nailed cool. it. Step just, just. Uh, so step four, uh, this is wonder. And so this is why it's called the wonder square. What, what does this line make us wonder? What are, what are the things that are there any missing pieces around uh, the conversation that we've had so far that we're like, I wonder what it would be like if, um, and filling in the blank there. So I'll read it once more, one final time, since this is our last step. Um, but the line is, you are my guest. I don't want to be here. And I'm curious what this makes you wonder about. I guess if I were the one saying, you know, you're my guest and the person is responding, I don't want to be here. I guess I'd probably wonder like, well, where would you rather be? Oh, uh, yeah. Where would you rather be where? So it is going back to the meeting someone where they're at. But I, I do wonder if Erevos was like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. And he like dropped Viren back into his body. Yeah. What would have happened? I always like I, I do. I yesterday when i watched it i was thinking about it. i'm like but what if he just what if he was able to go down there what if it was viren who you know yeah. helped claudia and also brought everyone together like what if yeah what if there was the option to leave yeah i you know i i really wonder about how much control erevos has it, it like really has and how like what is, what are the limits of the control because like your boy had a baby while in this prison your boy is able to take people's consciousness and steal them to this prison he's able to like he is like he has a lot of reach for someone like so imagining what he can do outside of this prison is is uh, uh, but yeah also, but I, I really wonder because what we see when we flash back to Viren's body is that he's holding a knife to this homunculus. Like he's got two hands on this thing and he doesn't know how he got there. He's like, oh, like he's shocked that his body is like that. So not only is Erevos controlling the mind, he's also controlling the body. And so I'm really curious about like, what is the what is the limit here and why does he have this much control over Viren because of his prior connection like can he do this with anyone it's just there's so many questions I have around like what is the limits here so, yeah I don't yeah. know that the limit exists gonna pull that from mean girls the limit does not exist yeah. I I and again without spoiling anything I think Eros is just we'll find out 
we'll obviously find out. I do think, uh, I think you're right though. Like something happened in the past in their relationship that like got to that point. I think Claudia too, like Claudia was around with Viren and Ervos for that, you know, for however many seasons now. And even she is so different from like Soren who left. Yeah. I think Soren is a good example of this is what happens when you leave. This is what happens when you're stuck. And this is what happens when you're right in the middle now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. tricky. Amazing. Well, that was our wonder square. Amazing. Like that, <sighs> that's like one sentence. I guess it's two sentences, but one little moment can can give us that much. It's there's a lot to to be learned. Imagine doing that with every sentence. <sighs> oh, loaded. <laughs> We're doing that with one. That's enough. Um, amazing. So that is going to bring us into our our final segment, which is gratitude. Uh, we like to end on who we're thankful for, and I would love to pass it straight to you based off of our conversation. Who is a character in this episode that you are thankful for and why? Ooh, I, I am most thankful for Terry mm. because it takes a lot to be in a relationship like that, but also to be the the calming force in someone's chaos and and whether terry completely doesn't understand or does understand it's choosing to stick with it and trust and like that's hard to do loving is hard and trusting is hard accepting love and accepting trust is also very hard and I think Terry's a hero and that he does that all the time. And he doesn't know, you know, like he doesn't know Viren. He knows Viren based off of like, you know, meeting Claudia and him, you know, being dead for most of it. But yeah, I, I, Terry, I give it up for Terry. I love it. No, I, I'm, yeah. I'm for it. I think that's incredible. Okay. I am really grateful. I'm, I think I'm going to, pick Rayla here uh it takes a lot of chutzpah so to speak to face the fear like that and uh you know she clearly has the constitution and has demonstrated that she is capable like throughout every season that we've seen but this is a moment that is just like I know how difficult it is to to have something that you're scared of and then to to have failed in front of the people you care about and then to do it again. And just, yeah. I just am really grateful that we get to see that example um, of someone doing that. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, totally. I always bug like jokingly, I'll bug me and Paula bug each other because we're the only like two girls in the cast, like the main cast. So we'll bug each other, but like Rayla's an amazing character. Yes. And I've noticed it. I mean, I've always known, but especially the last two seasons, I'm like, okay, okay, Rayla, I yep. see you and I love what you're doing because I think she's probably the best character in the show. <laughs> like in terms of rational, in terms of whatever, like she's doing exactly what I think everybody else would sort of do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that brings us to the end. You know what? I no. I realized just now that we totally like skimped out on we 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 listened to your recap and then we we didn't follow up with Kareem and Miana. 
Um, oh yeah. And that's just a, but you know what? It's just, there's so much to cover and we can't cover it all. But no, I will say I wasn't expecting that though. I wasn't expecting her to do that. That was wild. I was like, what? But then I realized I'm like, well, yeah, maybe there was yeah, everything's so intentional in that show. Yeah. So intentional. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we sure will. And thank you. Sure there are two more seasons to come. So yes. I'm in for it. So I would love for you, if if you want to be found, how would you like to be found uh, via the people who are listening? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Rack Attack 5, uh, or you could follow me on Instagram, Rack City 5. <laughs> I like the number five. Uh, don't add me on Facebook. Just don't. That, I say this all the time. I don't know. I get so many ads on Facebook. I'm like, I don't even use this. Stop. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, I won't call it X. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely just Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. That, that was a weird change. Um, stupid. I have so many opinions about Elon Musk, but anyways, another time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. And for everybody who's listening, of course, if you are finding us for the first time, you can find us at BNB underscore pod. Uh, highly recommend checking out all of our social media that I don't post on, but you can reach out to us <laughs> and I'll go on a tweet spree every now and then. But other than that, I, I don't post too much, but that does not mean I'm not going to respond to your DMs. If you have questions or thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. You can absolutely choose to support us on Patreon though. Uh, BNB underscore pod. We are trying to get to uh, more patrons to ensure that our producer is getting a living wage for the time that he is putting into this podcast. So would appreciate any help with that if you are capable, especially if you're the type of person that is like listening on every Tuesday, right when it comes out, that's, that's, if that's you consider it. Um, but I totally get it. Listening is enough. And if you can't do a financial, don't worry. Raquel, this has been incredible. Uh, yes. what, what a fun conversation it's been. Um, I always love talking about this show with you because it's the type of conversations I like to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're not, not often are, is somebody asking you like, how does, you know, desperation manifest itself in this, right? that like, yeah. it's so interesting. It just really beefs up the show yeah. and really just, yeah, everything, everything hits different after these. So yes, thank you. <laughs> it is my pleasure um and this has been an incredible season this is the end it's the first one for me but it's the end of the show that you're listening to so thank you all for, for sticking with us throughout all of these episodes and i appreciate you for continuing to support us and uh until next time everyone be well and do good bye